Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. Welcome to Milkman Sports, everyone. My name is Casey, and I'm here with Garrett, and we are here to do part two of the Week 7 preview. We're going to go over the Thursday night game between the Saints and the Cardinals, and then we're going to start at the top of the afternoon games and just work our way through the Monday night games. So this is one of the rare podcasts. This is maybe the first one that we've done where we're actually just sitting right next to each other versus doing it over the Internet. So, gee, money, nice to actually have a beer with you while we're doing this, homie. Thank you, sir. I'm going to take a quick swig. I make two of us. Thank you for having me over. This is a special episode that we wanted to uh, just make happen. And uh, it yeah, took we, a little effort, but we're, we're making it happen, all right? So. Right, yeah, I uh, have a microphone here that we're trying to set up where both of us can speak into it the right way. And we had all kinds of issues, but then finally fixed that shit. We were able to have a couple beers in the meantime, so... We Always might post good. the setup, but don't judge, all right, people? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, really, right don't judge. It's we'll, bad. Hey, we'll clean it up, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, before we jump in, some big, big news in the NFL, and we're going to get to the 49ers game, so we're inevitably going to talk about this, but Christian McCaffrey traded from the Panthers to the 49ers for... Hold second... on, just before... I passed math, okay, and they're saying two plus three plus four plus five equals one now. And I'm not sure where this math adds up here, but I'm not sure that I see a first rounder. Yeah, so the 49ers got a second, third, and fourth in this upcoming year's draft, and then a fifth in a, the draft two years from now. Four picks for a 26-year-old running back that's had injury issues is pretty solid. But yeah, some people are chalking this up to basically getting the equivalent of a first round pick. No, it's still not. The second round pick is likely to be in the like fifty to sixty something range. That's the first, like, it's the earliest pick of this haul that they're gonna get. If the Niners finish with a good record, that means the second, third, and fourth round pick in this upcoming draft are all the back ends of those rounds. So I don't think that like sometimes sometimes people just hear second round pick, and it's like the equivalent of getting the thirty third overall pick versus the sixty fourth. And yeah, it's way different picking at the you know the top end versus the, yeah, this, the back this, end of the round. This pick is probably pick 58, 60. If they actually make it to the Super Bowl and maybe win it at 64, something like that uh, at the earliest. So, no, I don't think this is like some home run trade in terms of like getting really high value compensation. I think that it's just a good trade for the Panthers, who I think going into before this trade, going into next year's draft, only had four draft picks. They've traded some for between Baker Mayfield and Stephon Gilmore a couple of years ago. They traded for LaVisca Chenault this year. So they were short on picks. To be able to recoup three in this year's draft and then get one next year is awesome um, for a team that's going to go through the rebuilding process. Uh, from the 49ers' perspective, I mean, this obviously helps them Game win changer. More. He's, yeah, he's them. absolutely playmaker, so I'm not going to discount what, what he's bringing to the table here. Um, you know, that's wonder... just another, another position, but he's oft injured. That's, that's one thing that's in the back of people's minds. If he could stay healthy, this is a dangerous matchup. I think, uh, Kyle Shanahan could potentially scheme for him to be a threat him and Debo. I still think he's going to be an RB one, but I do have to say 
I wonder what his volume workload is going to look like in San Francisco versus Carolina, where for the last several years he's been the focal point of the offense until they got DJ Moore a couple years ago, and even he has his limitations. Like, he was the only guy there for a long time, and so he's going to the 49ers that, you know, they've got Debo Samuel, they've got George Kittle, even Brandon Ayuk, former first-round pick, has made some noise. So I kind of wonder if he's going to get that old 20-25 touch workload that he usually gets, and is this going to be more like 15-20, to which, again, is still RB1 numbers, but you could make a case that his fantasy value stays the same or maybe drops a little bit from this. You could make the case that it gets better because he's on a better offense, more scoring opportunities. But he was already the lead back with no competition in Carolina. He's already an elite receiver, this and that. So I think with all the other offensive weapons there, I don't think it'd be that crazy to see him actually take a small dip in his production, especially as he gets acclimated to the team. I think that's fair to say. Um, bringing him in, it's midseason. He's going to have to get acclimated. There's some, there's good lore to it, you know. Um, his dad played for uh, Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, and now, he, you know, Christian's playing for his son. Christian is obviously Ed's son, so yeah. They said that uh, they said that Kyle Shanahan used to babysit Christian McCaffrey and his brothers at one point because, <laughs> you know, yeah, like. Mike Shanahan coached Ed McCaffrey, Christian's dad, I think when he was offensive coordinator with the 49ers, and then later again when he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos and McCaffrey signed there. So um, that was, you know, they're obviously close. They're going to come up with a plan. Um, I think I, Kyle Shanahan has a plan. You know, he, yeah. he went out and they they traded multiple picks. Um, the, this is four guys players. that they could have, th- you know, thrown darts like Casey and I were talking earlier. You could have thrown darts at four guys and potentially hit someone. You know, maybe not Kish, a Christian McCaffrey type guy, but, you know, some someone that's going to help your offense. Right. We're going to get to the 49ers a little bit later. I think we already talked about the Panthers the other day. Me and Red did. Yeah, that's enough about the trade. Let's jump in about the, uh, Thursday, night. the Thursday night game. This was a... Well, we Freaking got points. points. We got yeah. points, actually. Thursday, so. Thursday night football. Touchdowns, not field goals. We figured it out, finally. Uh, it was a banger. And Andy Dalton um, came out firing red rocket hot and <laughs> thought that uh, he was going to beat the Cardinals, but Kyler Murray told Cliff to sh- STFU, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, pulled one out of his ass here and got that dub. Yeah, so the Saints... This game was pretty close until the last two minutes of the first half, and then Andy Dalton threw back-to-back pick sixes. (laughs) That was funny. But even though he threw three interceptions yesterday, he still finished with 361 pass errors and four touchdowns. From a fantasy perspective, our listener league, that's 29 points. I kind of wonder if, like, you know, obviously the pick sixes hurt terribly, but he might be the starter moving forward because Jameis Winston was healthy enough to suit up and all that, and... You know, it was like, it's possible they were giving him another week after that back injury, but he didn't have an injury designation, so this might be Dalton's team going forward. If it is, I mean, it's hard to be excited as, a you know, on a good day, he's like a mid-QB2. But again, 361 yards, four touchdowns. It's on Thursday Night Football, too. That's pretty good production from a QB. Yeah, that's good stuff. I, I'm just concerned about Dalton going forward. Even the Thursday Night Football staff was saying, if we're going to see the picks, you might as well let Winston be the 
the QB because the offense is going to be more explosive. Andy Dalton's not going to push the ball downfield like Jameis Winston can. So if we're going to see three interceptions, let Jameis run it out there. He can throw for 360 yards. He can throw for four touchdowns and throw three picks at the same time. I'll say this. um, In two quarterback super flex leagues, um, both Dalton and Winston are worth hanging on to. And you just play whichever one is the starter that week. Um, it looks like they both could be relevant because there's a lot of weapons in this offense. You're looking at Kamara, who only had 49 rush yards on the ground, but seven catches for 56 yards. Chris Olave, seven catches on 14 targets for 106. Um, Tyquan Smith, or Traquan Smith, excuse me, you know, five for 56. Ty- I thought it was Tyquan. No, oh, it's Tyquan. Tyquan. Yeah. And then even Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill. Like, obviously, Taysom Hill's a little involved no matter what. He caught a touchdown yesterday. Jawan Johnson caught two. Um, I'd say, generally speaking, you're not playing Jawan Johnson. I think that's just kind of like he got lucky this week. He's not worth chasing the points on. Taysom Hill. I mean, Taysom Hill's not really the starting tight end. It's really more Adam Troutman. But, and Troutman was out this game with an injury. The Saints, like, official tight end, you can kind of ignore, but Hill gets enough usage where he's always kind of worthy of a flex spot, just a little boomer bust. How do you feel about Alave, though? 14 targets, 7 for 106. He's a strong receiver, too, moving forward for me. Well, shit, if he's going to get 14 targets, that's great. But Mike Thomas was out this week, so um, I kind of expected Alave to pick up a lot of that slack there. Uh, Marquise Callaway looked like he had stones for hands out there. And One of those picks was on him as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Oh, absolutely. Stone hand it. Uh, Chris Olave looked good. I like him for you know a high-end receiver, too, going forward. Is If Michael Thomas is not going to play, then um, Chris Olave can be that guy, I think. It's been how many weeks since Mike Thomas has played? Like three, four weeks? Bro, so at this point... Brian Robinson got shot, and he's back before Michael Thomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting perspective. Um, on the Cardinals side, they're the winning team. Kyler Murray didn't have a big fantasy day. He did have 204, a passing touchdown, and a two-point conversion as well. Thirty Half of yards. those yards to, to Hopkins. Yeah, that was the encouraging thing to see. Hopkins gets 14 targets his first game back catches 10 for 103 now marquise brown is also out for the next four to six weeks i'm sure that had a little something to do with it but rondell moore only caught one pass for 31 yards greg dorch only caught one pass for five yards although it was for a touchdown zach Ertz only catches two for 21 he did have the two-point conversion um really outside of hopkins the only one that was good was you know benjamin weird yards and a touchdown had a two-point conversion although one of those runs was long it was a 46 yarder yeah so i'm not chasing too hard keontae ingram stole a touchdown too i don't think there's anything to see there it's just they're missing two of their running backs ingram's normally the number four guys not even active most of the time nine carries for 14 yards and a touchdown doesn't excite me but 12 for 92 and a touch and then you know four four catches for 21 if James Conner's out, Darren Williams is out, maybe two. We'll see how long that lasts. But, you know, Benjamin's a plug-and-play RB, too. He scored 23 points in our listener league. Absolutely. I would be I'd be fine plugging you know, Benjamin in if we're missing both of those gentlemen. Yeah. Um, before we move on, Hopkins, what is he to you? Receiver one or two? He's a receiver one. Um, I still have full belief in Hopkins that he can produce. Um, he showed yesterday and he told Kyler like, Hey, I'm your receiver, throw the ball to me and I'm going to go make a play for you. Um, he did it multiple times and I think 
we saw he had 14 targets. You know, some of that's a product of, um, what's his name? Um, Kevin Murray. Who is out? Oh, well, uh, obviously Hollywood Brown. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. There you go. Hollywood, Hollywood. They did trade for Robbie Anderson a couple yeah, days ago, too. That's, we'll see what that uh, really does. I think that's more for depth than yeah. you know, replacing someone. I mean, I'd rather... If I'm the coach, I'm playing Greg Dorch over Robbie Anderson. Dorch hasn't been too bad. But that's me. Anyways, let's... Uh... Yeah, let's start these previews. So we have four and two Jets at the two and four Broncos. And let's start with the Broncos because Russell Wilson is legitimately... Ass? Um, well, he's like legitimately questionable for this upcoming game. They are thinking about sitting him. He's got the hamstring. He was already dealing with the lat injury. So I wonder if he sits. He doesn't really. I think the only time he's ever really sat is when he had that thumb surgery last year. But um, if he sits, this is a downgrade on every single person. Well, I mean, in this even offense. if he's even if he's in, like, were you going to play a lot of these guys with confidence anyway? No. Like even Corlin Sutton. I mean, how do you play anybody? Latavius Murray was taking snaps over Melvin Gordon last week. You're telling me that. Latavius Murray is a better running back in this offense than Melvin Gordon's been in for how many years now? So that's concerning in itself. Right. I, I would say this. I'm definitely out on Judy this week. I'm probably out on Sutton, too, because Sauce Gardner has been one of the best corners in the league this year, let alone rookies. Oh, yeah. He's been uh, locking people up. Sutton, I mean, he had a bad game this last week. Otherwise, he's scored double-digit points pretty much every week, I think. So... Um, if you are going to play one of these receivers, Sutton's your guy, but he's probably no more than like a mid-three. Judy is like a low four. Greg Dulcich. Hard um, to get excited about any of these guys when, you know, Russell Wilson is not hot. If he's going to play, he's hurt. And if he's not playing, it's Brett Ripon. Ripon. Sorry, Ripon. He's an undrafted free agent from like four years ago. He ain't ripping shit, dog. Right. Yeah, so like... If Wilson does play, like he's still probably QB two worthy, just because the longevity. Like he's had a bad year, but he's still Russell Wilson. I'm not willing to completely give up on him, so he's probably QB two. If I was gonna play a running back, it would be Gordon, but it's hard to even have confidence in him. He'd be like a RB three flex. Sutton is like the same boat, and then Greg Dulcich I think is more of a stash kind of guy. His role I think is gonna grow. He came comes off IR, plays. 71% of snaps right away. He only had three targets, but caught two for 44 in the touchdown. Uh, I believe he had another touchdown, maybe called back by penalty, or maybe he dropped one in the end zone or something like that. So um, he looks like he might be involved in the red zone. So he's someone in a shallow tight end class like it's been the last several years, someone I'd be scooping up. Yeah, the tight end there is kind of interesting because Albert O went from like somebody to nobody like in an instant. Yeah, there's rumors that they're like, trying to trade now. Trying to trade him, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Jets now. So Zach Wilson, he's been back for three games now. Had two, had like one decent game from a fantasy perspective. One of them that was like barely usable, and then a clunker last week against Green Bay. The fact that they won that game against Green Bay. Zach Wilson, 18 pass attempts, completes 10 for 110. No touchdowns, luckily no picks. But now he's going to play at Denver, who has Patrick Sertan. They still have some. They have a great here, defense. So. This is not a good. This is not a good matchup for the Jets. Yeah, I would say I'd be shying away from Zach Wilson and some of these other guys. Um, I guess we got to talk real quick about Elijah Moore. 
requesting a trade. They said he's out for this week. Um, they're not going to trade him, but he didn't practice, and I'm sure that the team's not happy with him. Starting shit up when they're 4-2 and two right now on a three-game win streak. So. Well, they should throw the ball to my man. Well, they'd probably be 5-1. and one. Well, I mean, they... They had, well, he had like one target last week. For any second, you're saying my man. You're talking about Garrett Wilson, and then I was like, oh, no, you're, no, I'm talking about Elijah. So. Yeah, I, I would, I would feel underused if I was Elijah Moore right now. So it's just like, a, hey, man, you guys aren't even gonna look at me once the whole game. Um, but he's out, so you know I, that automatically gives Wilson a little bit of a boost. Corey Davis has had some big games this year, so. Um, Can't be any more than receiver threes or flexes. Like, yeah, I'd best. say like we already talked about Zach Wilson have a bad matchup. Having bad, so I'd say like, like that, yeah, that just bumps down to four receiver and, four. And flex. Wilson's coming off of three. Garrett Wilson's coming off of three straight bad games. So, I would say yeah, they're both like wide receiver fours this week. Um, and I don't think I'm using the tight ends either. Conklin's not. Nah, stay away from the tight ends. Um, Brees Hall though, so he's someone who has been a nice. He's on a nice little run here. Uh, last week, 23 points in our fantasy league, in our listener league, the week before 30. He's had double-digit points literally every week this year. Yeah, he's taking more snaps. Um, his fantasy points is going up every week. Uh, the Jets are understanding how to utilize him and realizing that he is, really is the better back there, and it's not Michael Carter. So it's not a 1A, 1B anymore. It's literally Brees Hall and then Michael Carter, who's going to steal some touches. Right, and this is what I talked about preseason. I thought it was going to be like this. It just took him a month to get to this point. So Carter, he's still worth a, like a handcuff kind of stash or whatever, but he doesn't have any standalone value. Hall is taking all of the touches these days, so fire him up as a... He's RB1. Like I'd say, yeah, it's hard to make a case. Maybe not this or... week. I, I might I might bump him down to RB2 this week, but, I mean, he's got low-end RB1 potential. Yes, I'm good with that. Okay, so next game, the 1-3-1 Houston Texans at the 1-4 Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, we've got a couple of bad teams playing each other. Yeah, Just fucking Raiders suck ass. Um, so I want to talk about the Raiders here for a second because Derek Carr coming off of uh, – well, first off, they're coming off of bye week. So they've had a week to hopefully figure some of this out. Derek Carr has been pretty much a QB, too. He scored 18 points in uh, the last game. Yeah, he's been a middling in. quarterback. But he's got a good matchup against Houston. This remember this is David Carr's old team too, his brother. Maybe with a little bit of revenge, you know. So he does like he he did say in an interview this week that he loves the Texans and he was pissed that the Texans did not draft him. They had an opportunity. So, I think they had two opportunities. Two of them. They had the number one overall pick, didn't draft him and there, the, and the thirty three, and they didn't draft him there either. Right. And so Derek Carr's gonna make him pay this week, baby. He is listed at two fifty three and a half passing. Give me the over. Over. I think this is a good time to hit the over against the Texans, so I would probably be doing the same thing. Um, that obviously means Devontae Adams probably having a good day. He's 81 and a half. Yeah, I um, think Adams will probably get a hundo again. Yeah, he's had three uh, three of his five games. He's hit over 100 yards. The other two, 36 and 12. Luckily, that 30, but they, they actually scored touchdowns in each of those games. So five receiving touchdowns on the year. Three 100-plus yard games. He's never seen fewer than seven targets in a game. And he's seen 17, 10, and 13 in a couple. So, strong RB1. Receiver one. Yeah, or, yeah, receiver one, sorry. Uh, Renfro, he missed practice yesterday, but he practiced today, I believe. Like, was limited. 
Yeah, it's uh, Renfro is just another risky, risky kind of guy this year. Um, the only reason just, why I think he might be interesting is because Darren Waller's out, it, so that kind of gives Renfro a little bit of a bump, right? It does if if he plays a full complement of snaps. Um, you know, he it's a hip injury. It sounds like it's a new kind of thing, so we'll kind of see, wait and see what happens with that. I'm not quite sure, but with uh, Darren being out, I think that does bump Foster up a little bit. Um, Foster is kind of an underrated... Foster Moreau, just to clarify. Yeah, Foster Moreau is an underrated tight end that does see some looks and and can see... He's like a high-risk, high-reward tight end throw, which there's... So few good tight ends, like, you know, there are worse options to have. Yeah, I think Renfro, like, he should, if Waller doesn't play, he could put up some wide receiver three PPR numbers. In week one, he played 83% of snaps. In week two, this is the overtime game with Arizona, he played 69. Misses two games with a concussion, and then 55% this last uh, game against Kansas City. Then he's dealing with the hip, so... My guess is, like, coming off the bye week, this and that, all that stuff, too, he should probably play between two-thirds to 75% of snaps. And because Waller is out, I think he's useful, like, as a like a wide receiver for flex. Absolutely. And I, uh, if Hunter Renfro actually does not suit up this week, then I would look at Matt Collins uh, as, like, a deeper kind of guy. That's going to get some looks. Uh, don't expect him to go crazy, but maybe DFS it. You know, have a little fun. So Josh Jacobs is listed for eighty-four and a half rush yards this week. Josh Jacobs, he's my guy, has nice been going run. off. Yeah, he's one hundred and forty-four yards in week four, one hundred and fifty-four in week five. They started feeding Three him the ball the last two weeks. So yeah, twenty over twenty touches in the last two weeks. He showed that you know he's just pounding the rock. Um, I think it's another good matchup again against Houston. Over under looks like uh, eighty four and a half. I, I, I'm a strong over there. I have a crazy question for you. If the Raiders, let's say they lose another, like let's say they lose this game, I think the trade deadline is like November first or something. So My brother's gonna hate you. Just do so you, you know. Think, do you think the Raiders would consider trading Josh Jacobs at the deadline? If they they gotta lose another, I think. Even at one and four, they're not giving up. But if they're one and five, and the, like the division, the AFC starts pulling ahead, like I don't think it's out of the question. Josh, I, as much as I like Josh Jacobs and appreciate the value that he brings to the team, um, I, I do. I want Josh Jacobs on my team. Hell yeah! But at the end of the day, it's a business, and so i've been, i've said since the beginning of the year this is the last year that josh jacobs is probably going to play for the raiders i don't think that they'll resign him at the end of the year um so in that case yeah i do believe that if there's a trade out there to be done that it would be had he's one of the only other running backs like the rams are looking at mccaffrey i'm a rams fan so i've spent a lot of time thinking about this and josh jacobs is one of the only i've looked at contracts cap numbers just is the team winning or losing all that stuff and josh jacobs is one of the only ones that would be i think be considered not just by the rams by any other team that's looking for a running back at the deadline still only 24 first round pedigree went to bama he's got good size he's played in the receiving game he didn't have a lot of tread on the wheels when he came out of bama either exactly so he kind of is an ideal trade target considering the raiders declined 
his fifth-year option, so he's going to be a free agent after this year. I think that you could get Josh Jacobs away from the Raiders. Now, again, they got to lose another game. I don't think they're ready to do, make this trade yet, but if they lose or if they just decide here in the next week or so that they're not going all in this year, I think that you can get a third-round pick and maybe some change. Or, like, I don't think it would be crazy for a team like the Rams who are perennially short on high draft picks if they offered a second two years from now, something like that. Probably more likely like a third and a fifth, like a third this year and a fifth next year or something, but um, I don't think it's that crazy. I don't so, want to too long here. About yeah, I'll just things, say this but... before we'll move on real quick. The the Raiders did trade away their first and their second this year to get Devontae Adams. Well, that was um, last year, right? I, they traded. They traded their first and second oh, last year. Oh yes, so not, I'm sorry. Already, so yeah, paid we've paid. Yeah, I'm sorry. We've but the paid. fact that they're two picks behind, kind right. of with this new coaching. So staff now it gives it gives them be, another, you know, another chance. Re- yeah, so be, you know, at one and five, you know, you're thinking, okay, how do we recoup some some kind of capital? Right, because if he hits free going. agency, they still could. They drafted Zamir White still, you know. And that's what I'm saying is like if it's a lost season, you're still going to use Brandon Bolden or whatever in the past game. Ab- Abdullah is your special teams guy, so you're just basically taking out Jacobs and plugging in Zamir White and seeing if you've got something to work with there. And if you don't, your season was already lost, and you move on. Right. Okay, so enough about Josh Jacobs. So it was a good conversation, but we got to move on. Yeah. Um, Win the, win the fucking game, Raiders, would you? <laughs> um, I'm, like, completely out on Davis Mills. I'm completely out on everyone other than Cooks and Pierce and even these guys. Like, probably Cooks is suffering more just because of the quarterback problems. Yeah, so we'll keep this, keep it quick and, and simple. Uh, Cooks is, like, a receiver four flex. Like, maybe uh, Davis Mills is just bringing down this whole offense. They can't do anything. Uh, Damian Pierce obviously is a guy that is probably more like a Brandon Cooks could be a trade candidate too. We, I'm not going to go into depth about it, but just pointing him out as like a guy that's 29 years old on a losing team. He's been traded a bunch of times before, so it's not that crazy. From what I understand, he does like it in Houston. He's kind of a team leader there, so I don't expect it to happen. But in well, terms shit, of, they don't have anyone to lead the team, so yeah. At, at, at a nine-year vet, like yeah, at this point, I would say though, like. His profile screams trade target, and his contract, I think, he can be dressed up enough. He can restructure some money to where he could go to a contender. Um, I don't think it would be that crazy. But from fantasy, yeah, he's like a receiver four at best. He's only had like two decent games, and every other game's kind of sucked. So I'm really mostly just in on Pierce at this point because he's giving the volume, and their coaching staff is just saying like good stuff about him. You know, at these press conferences, so Pierce. Yeah, they so keep we talking about Hall being an RB one. Is Pierce an RB one? <laughs> well, shit. I mean, yeah, he might. He could be low end RB one numbers. I'm, I'm still calling him RB two because he yeah. plays on a bad team and third round draft capital. He's only had five NFL games, but I still say he's a strong RB two with room to grow, room to impress me a little more. Yeah, I've definitely been impressed, and we've been talking about Damian Pierce since you know preseason. He's he's showing what he can do. He got eighty. Almost 80% of snaps last week. Uh, almost hit the 100 yards. He had 131 before the week before. Three straight weeks with touchdowns. I, I'm i not firing up this week because he's playing my Raiders. But uh, next week, yeah. Maybe. 
All right, well, let's move on to the next game. We got the 3-3 three and three Seattle Seahawks at the 4-2 LA Chargers. The Seahawks, the fact that they're 3-3 three and three is impressive to me. So Geno Smith, QB7, he is probably more high-end QB2 than QB1, though, right? Like, he's still Geno Smith, so I'm not giving him credit for being a backup for seven years. <laughs> but he's played good. He's got their couple three or multiple touch, uh, multiple p- passing touchdown games. Does a little bit on the ground. Receivers are good. Kenneth Walker might be an upgrade over Penny in terms of the run game. Seahawks don't look half bad on offense right now. They're looking decent. I mean, just Geno Smith is a turd of a quarterback. It's like I don't know. All right, y'all are going to hate me, but it's like having Baker Mayfield um, back there. It feels like shit. But as far as the offense goes, I like Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. And, you know, you still got DK Metcalf who can play red zone. And then Tyler Lockett has uh, has shown that he's a steady receiver. Um, He's kind of slowed down the last couple weeks, I guess. Only six targets and then five in the last game. Um, really bad clunker in the last game. Damn, three points. Yeah, Lockett's bait. You know, he week one was bad. Week six was bad. Everything in between was usable. And he had a couple of big games there. I see a 22-point game. I see a 30-point game. You know, the other two are 16 and 13. So that's probably just to be had with if, if like when Geno Smith is your quarterback, there's going to be a level of volatility, but more often than not, Tyler Lockett's actually been producing. He's the number fourteen receiver in fantasy in our in our listener league. Anyway, I'd be firing him up though. Still, as nothing more than like a strong receiver three. I kind of expect that to kind of even itself out a little bit over time. Yeah, but then and you have Metcalf. That, Metcalf shows shows more of the volatility here, and that's kind of what I expected to see. Yeah, so probably like one of those cases where Metcalf's better for standard. And Lockett's better for PPR, although Metcalf still only has two receiving touchdowns on the year. Um, he doesn't get the high volume as, as often as Lockett does, although he still has some good games. They're both playing starter snaps and everything, so you can you know, keep plugging them both. Yeah, you're as... still playing them both, unfortunately. Uh, hoping that both of them have a good day with Geno. But uh, that's just a hope and a prayer sometimes. The tight ends are all canceling each other out, as we've been saying. But now that Rashad Penny's out, Kenneth Walker had the job to himself for the first time. And 21 carries, 97 Baller. yards. He didn't come out as a receiving back, so you should never really expect that to maybe like over the course of his career. But this year, he's probably not going to catch a whole lot of passes. But if he's going to get 20 touches in this offense that wants to be run heavy, Kenneth Walker for right now, I put him in the, like the Damian Pierce category as like an RB2 with room to grow. Yeah, I like Kenneth Walker to be a good RB2. Uh, it was over under 68.5 this week. How do you feel? I will hit the over on that. I think he can do the over. I like Kenneth Walker against mm-hmm. uh, the Chargers this week. And speaking of the Chargers, so let's talk about Keenan Allen real fast. He's questionable. He's got the hamstring injury he's still dealing with. I feel like he publicly said something like he's going to sit out one more week, then they have the bye week, and then he can come back. He's listed as questionable. I don't expect him to play. So I would say that you know makes Mike Williams a little more interesting, although he's been hot and cold. He's got three games where he's total look, – look at these Mike Williams games. He's got three games under 17 receiving yards. 
the other three games, he had no less than 113. Or, yeah, a boom-bust, like, that's... He is, like, the ultimate boom-bust receiver. But, like, look at this. You either get points, 10 yards or 100 yards. What do you want? Point, yeah, 3 points, 8 points, 4 points, or 28 points, 22 points, 26 points. That's like, wild. literally definition of boom-bust. So, he is a boom-bust receiver, too, for me. And even with Keenan Allen out, like... It, makes us want to like him more but he's still a boom bust yeah, he's, guy it's, it, doesn't it doesn't matter. matter it doesn't seem to matter if keenan allen plays or not he's still just like kind of the same he's had games where keenan allen didn't play and he got next to no targets he had games where allen did play and he had a bunch of targets um so i would just say keep playing him as a very high risk but very high reward wide receiver too and then we have gerald everett who's been pretty good with keenan allen out for the most part he's still you know only this last week about eight points a week for only one point but he's he's got he's three other tight good in, games he's still playing tight end one like back end uh, he's getting volume seven targets is still good um i like to see that right and obviously you're gonna fire up herbert he is the number eight yeah i guess you could start turd bert and eckler's an auto start um right over or under the 56 and a half yards rushing for Eckler, huh? 56 and a half? Maybe. I'm going to take the over. I would take the over this week. I think that he will get the over this week. Yeah. He does split it up between his receiving stuff too, you know, but um, last week he went for 36. kind of feels like he's going to have a bounce back on the ground because it's like the week for it. All right, so the last afternoon game that we have here is 4-2 Kansas City at 3-3 three three San Francisco. We talked about McCaffrey earlier. There is a chance that he is involved in the red zone, apparently. Um, he's not going to play full snaps. He didn't practice with the team until today. I don't even know if he officially, like, really fully practiced. I think he did. I thought I saw him suited up in a video. but um, He was definitely suited up. I didn't see him. Yeah, he's wearing number 23 now, right? Yeah. The guy that was walking with him, I think a PFT commenter made a comment about how he looked like PC Principal from South Park. And, like, I went back and watched I was like, oh, my God, that's totally accurate. <laughs> but... Anyway, so um, if you do decide to play McCaffrey this week, he's probably boom-bust flex. Um, obviously, he's RB1 more weeks than not, but because of the nature of his trade happening late in the week, he's probably not playing a whole lot of snaps. So boom-bust flex. Uh, Jeff Wilson, what is he this week with McCaffrey potentially having that presence in the red zone? Um, This brings Jeff back down to, like, flex status uh, it's hard to trust him it's hard to know what the hell Kyle Shanahan's going to do he, he's probably like a volume based RB3 but he's not higher because McCaffrey might steal his touchdowns yeah absolutely catches, potentially. I mean all they have to do is run a damn swing pass to Christian McCaffrey at the goal line Like, right it's not going to take much Yeah. Um, so Debo still Wide receiver, too. He's coming off of a decent game, 7 for 79. Not carrying the ball so much these days. And with McCaffrey in town, that might those opportunities might even decrease a little bit. But he's still, you know, 10 targets, 9 targets. He's only got one game with 6 targets. Every, everything else is above 7. I think he's like a volume-based receiver, too. Um, with a, you know, That's a high-end. Definitely high-end, too. Yeah, he's the number 12 receiver in our listener league. So that's, yeah. You know, one two numbers so i give that what about brandon Ayuk though i'm not sure how to quite feel about brandon Ayuk. some it, 
last year was frustrating. This year, it's like still kind of frustrating. Uh, last last week, he had a good a good week. He's seen half of his weeks where he's had great uh, target volume, and half of his weeks where he hasn't seen any volume. So it's just it's a frustrating situation, and I think that just puts him out of receiver three. Uh, he to me like looking at him, he's like Mike Williams, but just receiver three instead of receiver two. He's got three games here, six, seven, eight points, and he's got eleven, thirteen, and twenty-eight. So <clears throat> not quite the same degree as Mike Williams, but um, because he's definitely not the number one receiver there. And now with McCaffrey there, you can make it a case that Ayuk is going to end up as like the third option in that offense and there's still Kittle there too although he seems to be blocking more these days um long term for the rest of the season I don't like Ayuk but for this week he is a boom bust like wide receiver three for me I think um and then speaking of Kittle he's the 23rd receiver but he did miss the first two weeks um last week he played 98% of snaps basically since he came back in week three he's played more than 90% of snaps more often than not but didn't do anything the first two weeks. You know, last week he finally did make a little noise. Now he's coming off of his best game of the year with 16 fantasy points. I don't think I'm ready to trust him yet, though. No, nah, either am I. Just show me one more week that you're the same George, and I'll probably trust it. But Yeah, he's uh, obviously, like, a, an elite tight end in real life, but fantasy, like, he's just been too inconsistent for me to, to rely on him. Yeah, and then, again, you just added another weapon to your offense, so it kind of just, we just got to wait and see what's really going to happen. I don't know what to expect from George Kittle. So how about Jimmy G, though? we got to wrap up here with the 49ers, and he's the only one that we haven't really talked about. 49ers got a lot of good offensive players. For Jimmy us. G is going to be the same person he always was, quarterback two. Yep, he's got, so he didn't play in week one. He comes in week two, so he's had five games. He's played basically most of the snaps. In four of those games, he scored between 14 and 16 points. The other one, he scored seven. That's Jimmy G for you. That's just kind of like where he's going to be at. Yeah, he hasn't low, changed. We've mid, seen, mid seen the same thing. QB2 almost weekly, even in good matchups, just doesn't really do a whole lot. Better real-life quarterback than fantasy. But I hope they whoop Kansas City's ass this week. <laughs> well, Kansas City's got, you know, we're looking at Mahomes here, 281.5 for his passing, so they expect a big day there. Obviously, you're firing him as a QB1, Travis Kelsey, tight end one. Um, receivers, I kind of feel like it's still the same old, same old. We got Juju Smith coming off of his best game as Chief, 5 for 113 and a touchdown. The last two weeks, he's played more snaps than he did the first four weeks. But still not a lot of crazy target numbers. He kind of, like, he, he, in the four or six games, eight targets. The other two, three and five. So you can kind of expect probably somewhere around like five, six, seven, eight targets. Um, Valdez Scantling, he's supposed to be boom bust, but he's really only had one usable week in fantasy as far as I'm concerned. So More like a bust bust. Right. I'm kind of wondering too, because I think McCole Hardman, he's he's made a little noise in fantasy, but... Um, he's receiver four relevant-ish. I'm, I'm not playing MVS ever. Um... I'm still playing Juju as a receiver, like, three. Uh, hoping that Patrick Mahomes keeps throwing him the ball. And Edward Solari, you're playing as RB2? Yeah, RB2, yeah. Strong, four, strong RB2 now. The first four weeks of the season started off strong. The last two weeks, he's not done much. And um, 
his season high in snaps played was week four, fifty six percent. His next highest, forty four percent. He's not even playing half the snaps. So it sounds like a guy that was super efficient the first month of the year, and then is not going. The it's hard to maintain good fantasy value when you're playing less than half the snaps more often than not. So. The offense is healthy. They give them enough opportunities, but that scares me a little bit. Well, Someone... I think uh, it comes down to game flow. Um, when Kansas City is having to throw the ball or air it out or um, do any of that sorts, CEH is not on the field. Jarek McKinnon is yeah. taking those those passing downs. He, I think I just saw McKinnon played like he plays like in that like, forty. Played like fifty percent. Yeah. Um, he played. 43% last week, 53% the week before. I see another 52 game, another 47 game. So, yeah, it's like they're basically splitting snaps, but like you said, game flow dependent. Um, okay, so, yeah, play him as an RB2, I guess, while you can, but just know that there's some bottom-out potential. Sunday night football. The... I got to pee. Oh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right, one time we hit 43. Yeah, about 43, yeah. We're actually not doing bad. No, this is going good. Yeah. We only have two more games. Justin's been coaching high school football. He hasn't really tried anything. Oh, yeah. He's coaching LD. Probably suck dick or something. Okay. Yeah. Good to go? Yeah. You want to do a little pause real quick? Next game we've got up is the two and four Pittsburgh Steelers at the three and three Miami Dolphins, and two was supposed to be back, so that's probably the big news out of this. Hopefully that gives everyone a bump. Tyree Kill is on a crazy pace right now. He's the number three receiver in fantasy, coming off of a 
12 catch 177 yard game he's had a 160 yard game 190 yard game had a 94 yard game only two touchdowns all year and they both came in the same game against baltimore so he's a little lacking on the touchdown side but 12 targets 13 targets 14 targets 15 targets like holy shit this guy is wide receiver one proof is if he's getting this kind of volume right yeah like just start him and don't look back like I, there's nothing really else to say about him. But also, we can't sleep on Jalen Waddle, who's putting up receiver one numbers. Also, yeah, he's the number uh, seven receiver, and he still plays. You know, seventy, eighty, and some percent of snaps every week. He's coming off of a big game himself. Ten targets, caught six for one twenty-nine. He had a nineteen target game back in week two, but he's got a couple clunkers in here in week four and week five. He tends to not really do that very often, but his upside is through the roof on any given week so it's kind of hard to not call him a wide receiver one as well but it seems he's like probably Tiger more Hill, receiver two than receiver he's one like but the highest receiver two that there is yeah like he's right there and i'm not talking like that because he smoked weed either yeah like, he didn't he, do none uh, of that <laughs> tonight he's not getting suspended okay <laughs> <laughs> um no he's probably more high-end receiver two versus tyree kill being a high-end one um, there's rumors about Mike Gesicki getting traded, and that would definitely be good for his volume. He's coming off of his best game of the year, six catches for a very nice 69 yards and two touchdowns. Ooh, 69. Um, other than a little you know, touchdown he scored in week two, this was basically his best game by far throughout the year. Again, do not chase. Don't chase it. Don't do it. It's like picking up Jawan Johnson of the Saints. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. So, hope that he gets traded to a better offense, though, but I don't see them doing that at 3-3. Three and three. They're still – they're not in the business of giving away good players, and even if Gesicki doesn't quite fit, he's still a good player. So, how do you feel about the running backs then between Mostert and Edmonds? I mean, Mostert's obviously been showing that he's taken most of the, the carries here at 62%. Mostert has been playing but... the most. Um, he's got, like <laughs> – And for the first time, he's not hurt. Right, you well, get it? Just, Most hurt? Yeah. <laughs> that's even better, yeah. Um, he's got three weeks in a row where he's got at least 15 touches. And he had another game there where he had like 14 touches back in week two. So out of six weeks, 14 touches or more. RB2. That's RB2 volume. He had a couple clunker games, but he's clearly uh, taken over ahead of Chase Edmonds. Who Chase Edmonds is basically droppable at this point. But yeah, I'd say droppable at this point. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's only playing well a third of the snaps essentially, um, a quarter of the snaps getting next to nothing. There's no reason to be playing him, holding on to him, no. unless you're in dynasty. I mean, he's, it's not yeah, like you could roster him maybe in some situations, but he's not playable in any. Let's jump to uh, Pittsburgh side. Um, well, well, let's look, before we do that, Tua, he's, he's back this Ah, week. fuck Tua. Is he QB2, QB1? Because we've seen a little bit yeah, of work from him this no, week. Uh, he should be a good, uh, solid QB2, I think. It's just, he has Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. It's hard not to like him. Um, he showed that he can be a good quarterback with both of those gentlemen on the field. Uh, week one, week two. and a half. Week one and week two, he played really well. Uh, week three was was that the week he got? Yeah, that was the week he had that first concussion. That was the week he got back. his first concussion. Or 
apparently is a back injury. No, yeah, his back injury, everyone. No, I expect him to do good this this week. Uh, strong QB2 numbers. Yeah, if you're playing DFS, um, I think he'd be a fun quarterback to go after. He's projected 248.5. Feels a little high for me uh, coming back, but he's also got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle to throw to. Yeah, all, all those guys have to do is take one for 75 yards each. That's 150, and he's halfway there. Okay, so now getting to the Steelers. Kenny Pickett's at 223.5 passing. Against Dolphins? He's not startable this week. Nah, like, obviously he's a hold in two quarterback leagues um, and dynasty leagues for sure, but I'm kind of out on him as a starter. But I do like what he has done for George Pickens' value. Maybe not last week so much, but the two weeks before that, lots of targets. Pickens was having a good game. Uh, have a couple good games in a row. He still has not scored a touchdown on the year, so it feels like he's due for one. There's rumors of Chase Claypool on the trade block. I got a feeling that this one's not going to happen. Just the Steelers again. Like He's under contract for the two more seasons. He's very talented. Chase Claypool is the only receiver of the top three that has a uh, receiving touchdown right now. That's wild. So what does that make Deontay Johnson? Sucky. <laughs> he's not really. I mean, he's but had, he's not. I he's mean, he's receiver digit, three. He has had four double-digit fantasy point games. One of those is like 11, 12 and a half, 13 and a half, 16 Great and volume. Half. No touchdowns, though. So, yeah, I would say he is. Can a, we put some deodorant on this guy? Yeah. Low receiver two. Because, like, he's got four games with 10 or more targets. He's got another one with seven, another one with four. Um, yeah, his volume is there. So the volume's there. Yeah. Just not producing quite yet. Wide receiver two, Pickett is like a, like a high-risk, high-reward flex, like receiver four, and Claypool I'd still have stuck to my bench for now. Um, Pat Fryermuth missed last week with the concussion, missed most of the previous game with that two against Buffalo, uh, but he's coming back, and I would start him as a tight end one, just right there with kind of with Dallas Goddard and some of those other guys. Yeah, his over-under is 34-and-a-half. I think I would bang that over right there. Uh, I... I got a little confidence that... Was it 34 and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd hit the over on that. Well, that's, that's not too many yards. Okay, so that's your Sunday night. Well, we still got to talk about Najee Harris, I guess, real fast. Najee, uh, just start him. Okay. Volume-based <laughs> RB2. I know you drafted him as an RB1. He's not doing it this year. The offense is going through their lumps. So he's a volume-based RB2. Only one rushing touchdown of the year. That's pathetic. That should be better. But I will continue to take it. Okay, now we can move on to the Monday night game. Two and four Bears at the three and three Patriots. Mac Jones is supposed to be back. Practiced in full today. Damien Harris practiced in full, so it looks like Ramondre Stevenson's reign as the clear RB1 there. He's probably still the 1A. Harris is probably the 1B. Um, Receiver-wise, kind of feels like everyone's healthy right now. Tyquan Thornton just came off of IR, scored two touchdowns in his first game back. I think we're skipping out on the tight ends, but between these receivers, what do you think, Jake? Because Jacoby Myers has not been that bad this year. Played in four games. He missed two with injury, but every game, double-digit points. Jacoby Myers, I think, has shown us. He showed us last year what he could do. Uh, He's going to give you a sustainable receiver three uh, numbers weekend. Pretty much week out. He still plays some more snaps. He plays like above 80% of snaps every game, so I'm good with that. Devontae Parker has been a little hot and cold. He plays a lot of snaps too, but um, I think he's like more their big blocking receiver than anything. So Tyquan Thornton, I think I'd rather have him than Parker. Yeah, absolutely. Parker hasn't done anything. He 
did the same thing in Miami. It's the same story. Right. Different place. I guess maybe for this game, it is supposed to rain, so I'm not really high, even with Mac Jones coming back. From Another the rain game, game for Chicago? Oh, right. well, man. If there's rain, it's better for them as far as I'm concerned. Hell, so, yeah. Um, I'd say fire up Stevenson as an RB2. Harris is probably a flex. Myers is probably receiver three. Otherwise, you're trying to skip out on everyone, even Mac Jones. Like, he's scraping the bottom as a QB2, even against the Bears, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm not right, in on. Scares me. I'm not in on Mac Jones right now. This offense is just. Limited. Offense is just not producing. Um, we had questions coming into the year. Um, so, that's that's where I stand. I'm I'm out on tight ends. I'm out on pretty much everyone except for Stevenson. So over on the Bears side, Justin Fields, I see his number at 164.5 pass yards, and I am slamming the under against the Patriots. They do good against rookie quarterbacks. They do good. They've been good this year already. Justin Fields is not getting 164.5 pass yards in a rainy game. I just don't. Yeah, see if this game is raining, he's not getting 100. He's not getting 150. Yeah, numbers. and I'm not starting any of the receivers. I know Mooney had a game where he was somewhat alive. Doesn't matter. I'm not playing him. Cole Komet, not playing him. The running backs, they made a comment the other day about how they're going to just ride the hot hand, so this isn't necessarily just Montgomery's job, but he does seem to still be playing more snaps than Herbert by a lot. I think Montgomery is actually another trade candidate going into the last year of his contract on a bad team that's going to need some help. Um, so Montgomery could be one of these guys that gets traded at the deadline because he's got yeah, passing down uh, work too. He's a poor man, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Like They're, they're very similar players. Um Montgomery is maybe like a volume-based low RB2. Herbert, I'm keeping on the bench until I see a little bit more. I know he had seven carries for 74 yards, but seven touches on 22% of snaps is hard to get excited about. Week before, it was four for 11. So I'm not playing anybody that has less than like a 60% snap percent. I'll say this. Montgomery is 55.5 rush yards. I'll hit the over only because it's raining. Yeah, that's entirely plausible. I'm curious what Justin Fields is. Uh, let's see here, 44 and a half over. Let's go. He's going to get like 80. I think he's going to get under on that. I think he's going to have the worst game of his career against the Patriots. In this oh, man. Worst game of much. his career. <laughs> against the Patriots, they're not that good this year, man. we got to stop giving them I'm so much giving, credit. I'm giving Belichick the benefit of the doubt against, I guess he's not a rookie quarterback, but just a young quarterback. You know, he's going to. Patriots defense last three weeks, 15 points, 19 points, 10 points. They have another game in week two with 10 points as well. They're the number three fantasy defense. I will take them against Justin Fields. And that wraps Fair enough. up our first are also first in person. Yeah, first in person recording where we did it together. So right on. I tip my cup to you, but it's fucking empty. Time to go <laughs> refill, baby. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, All right, until next time, um, we'll be back to do some previews for week eight. Probably just still going to do previews for now while my arms are busted and shit like that, and then maybe we'll get back to doing Sunday night episodes yeah. and figure it out. Dumbass crashed a bike. No, a scooter, man. Well, Electric same thing. Scooter. Yeah, might as well. All right, man. Um, we're going to get some more beer, so you guys, until next time, peace out. All right, peace.